0: Peace, misfits. This week, the Healing Space closes out Minority Mental Health Awareness Month by tackling bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder is characterized by dramatic shifts in mood, energy, and activity levels that affect a person's ability to carry out day-to-day tasks. These shifts in mood and energy levels are more severe than normal ups and downs that are experienced by everyone else. Bipolar disorder, sometimes referred to as manic depressive disorder, actually exists on a spectrum. This week, we're going to take a unique look at this particular area within mental health. Not only will we tackle it on this episode, but you'll also get to hear from others in separate episodes throughout the week as they talk about their journey and battle against bipolar disorder. As usual, BHW and I will do our best to keep the episode light with the culture of pop and good news We'll make sure you laugh and hopefully walk away more educated on the topic of the bipolar spectrum. So keep an open mind, a listening ear, and let's get healed. Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo.
1: And I am uh, Brandon Harris-Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just think of who you were? <laughs> uh, I have a lot going on, okay? I would say I was the Black Heavenly Choir. Just the whole Choir. Just go Choir. Bass, just give you everybody today.
0: Come on, be who you need to be for this episode. Go right ahead.
1: <laughs> whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. Okay, need. okay run. That's your one done, baby. I'll sing it natural. Finally mm-hmm. finished. What's it today? Wait a minute! Wait a
0: minute! Because you're what? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Let them know. <laughs> Tell them what you
1: are. <laughs> How are you on this day, sir? It's all in what? Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> Come on.
1: It's all in me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Something's wrong with you. We You would we'll, egg that whole thing on. We we'll, would egg that whole
0: we'll, thing on. Will every time. Every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let go of the fact that you didn't want us let us you ain't want let the misfits know who you are. That's okay. That's totally fine. You you gave us everything else. You give us everything
1: I mean, I, I literally, that was songs in my head earlier today. I did a whole remix about not writing. So
0: it's mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> like All of the words had something to do with writing. I completely changed the whole song around.
0: <laughs> so, okay. On this episode, it's, it's awesome that we're starting out with so much light, so much laughter. Because it's going it's to get a little serious, you know. Because, of course, we're ending Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And for this episode, it's going to be very unique because we're going to be healing through bipolar disorder, but we're doing this episode in a way that we've never done anything with the healing space, which is we're going to provide you guys with more than one episode. So for this episode, you're going to hear from myself and BHW as we give you the culture of pop. We're going, uh, we're going to give you some uh, information when it comes to what bipolar disorder is, and then we're going to give you good news. However, I had an opportunity to converse with several people who were brave enough to come forward and talk about their journey with bipolar disorder, and we have three separate episodes where you get to hear from all of them, each of them getting their own episode. So uh, I'm looking forward to you guys being able to hear those. Uh, Did I say how many? Tip three oh maybe four three or four <laughs> so if you go back yes, and listen I don't want you to think okay well where <laughs> there might <laughs> there there may be a fourth one there may be a fourth but yeah so I hope that you all listen to those stories you know something may sound familiar to you and you may feel the need to reach out and seek help you know you may feel like you've been alone and when you hear these episodes you'll feel like you're a little less alone that's what the healing space is all about you know um So yeah, for now, we're going to keep it light for you guys, because it's going to get kind of heavy. So we're going to go ahead and go. Well, first of all, let's talk about our weekends. Listen, (laughs) let's get into the weekend of things. So how was your weekend, Mr. BHW? Very uneventful. Um originally Okay, okay, okay. Wait a minute, okay. wait, I need to stop you real quick. That originally, if you guys could have seen the way his head tilted up and <laughs> the way that his lips were phrased, was like you was about to call somebody out. <laughs> so, dude, was someone the reason why your weekend didn't go the way it was supposed to? That like a call out yeah, just- look. I was right, see.
1: <laughs> so this is normally my weekend to work. Okay. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I work earlier the weekend, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to be doing, though, a different training um, for the next three weeks of work. And it would have been like Monday through Friday. Right. So I ended up having four weekends off in a row, starting with this weekend.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, my supervisor did not want me to go to that uh, training because she herself wants to go to that training, too, so she can be more helpful when I get back kind of a thing. Right. So then I had to work Saturday evening wow wow yeah this is what i said that's what i said and saturday was hell so (laughs) she on my hit list but because i realized we hardly talked
0: on saturday and in my mind i was like okay he's just out living his best life so i was like okay
1: well that's also my sleep schedule has altered um so i get off at six and then i'm up till about One, now, and then Mm -hmm. I've been until like like 8.39 just to get up and go ready to work. So, you know. (laughs) Which isn't a bad thing. Right. It's supposed to help me be more productive. Yeah, This week did not prove that to be true just yet, but (laughs) keep the faith. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep the faith. How was uh, your weekend?
0: My weekend was pretty awesome. Uh, I I feel like I'm officially an Atleon now. Um I love <laughs> it. Because, you know, I got my first check for my new job. So it's like... Uh-huh. I, I feel that way because, you know, down here, when you have multiple streams of income, that's when you really know that you're hustling. Which I found is really a, a thing in Atlanta. You know? You have to have more than one stream of income. So... Now that I have that happening, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, money coming into all these different places, PayPal, Cash App. This weekend was Venmo from one of my new students. I'm like, come on, work it out along with my check for my job. Yes. We will. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, I was like, I want to treat my best friend to dinner, you know? So, for all that he's done for me since I've been down here, I'm like, the least that I can do is this. You feel me? So, I took him out to dinner. Um, we had dinner in Vinings, and that was really awesome. Uh, live music, all that good stuff. Like, it was a really, really great time. Waitress was awesome. Service was awesome. It was nice. So uh, then we went, ended up going out and hanging out with another one of our friends, and we went to Pont City, and we had some drinks at the spot. I wish I could remember the name to shout them out. But um, yeah, we had some great drinks. And that was cool. We posted those all over Instagram and then I took them on the bout line. Walked up the bout line for a little while, went to MM Park and got some gelatos at a place called Voga. And uh, everything we did was like at different Ital- um, Italian establishments. I just realized that. Like every place we went on Friday was Italian. Um right. but- In for the evening. I love, I love it. it. <laughs> So that was a lot of fun, and we had tons of laughs. Good Lord. It, like, I think at the end, Kaya said that his uh, his head was hurting because he was laughing so hard. I was like, there we go. That's how it should be, yes. So that was Friday. We ended up uh, coming back home and then just chilling out, and then I had to go to sleep because I would be prepared for yoga in the morning. So on Saturday, I taught Kevin, you know, the usual uh, schedule for, uh, for a class with him, Saturday mornings. So we did that, and this was the very last week of um, endurance for him, because, you know, throughout the month of July, I was doing endurance with all my students. So he felt that. <laughs> he absolutely felt that, which makes me feel good, because my whole thing is, if you guys are paying me, I want you to know you're getting your money's worth, especially because a couple of my students have been with me for years now. So if you've been for with me for some time, I want to make sure I'm keeping it fresh, keeping it exciting for you, and don't feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again, you know? Um. So that was really awesome And then the rest of my Saturday I think was just chilling I think that's all I did Yeah Um. And then Sunday went up to the mountain You know the usual Sunday thing now Teaching yoga on top of Stone Mountain And that was a lot of fun My body felt it a little bit from, <laughs> from teaching the previous day I'm like that's now become a thing I know that my thighs are going to be looking at me sideways when I'm going to climb up the mountain the next day but that was a lot of fun um, up there with DV and she had her nephew with her this time. So that was really, really cool. And um, Kyle was supposed to be there with us, but unfortunately he received some, uh, some bad news. So I want to send some love, love and light out to him on the podcast right now. Uh, I won't say what the personal business is because if it's personal, it's personal for him, but I will say as my best friend, I want to send love and light out to him from the healing space and let him know that we love him and we're thinking about him. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah so the rest of the weekend was just spent preparing for the podcast and <laughs> putting everything together editing all the good stuff and yeah that was my weekend it was pretty active i'm ready to get back to uh get back to work on <gasps> ooh excuse me wow um <laughs> ready to get back to work on some things that we have coming up for our anniversary which is only wow was it 2 months away mm-hmm yeah september
1: yeah wow. so like,
0: technically less than two months i guess so oh, yeah because yeah because this is this is the last day of this is the last day of july wow so yeah <laughs> we're about to be right in august right now so there we go Woo.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, today is your anniversary
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute Whose version of that one <laughs> My version I
1: don't Casey I, I was, like, Casey JoJo. I was Tom about Tom. to say
0: was that Casey's version <laughs> of it You better read my mind <laughs> Ooh yeah Come on yes <laughs> give it to him They weren't
1: doing enough they weren't giving me enough of
0: umph. They weren't okay
1: Need enough you know from here, you know,
0: from the from the diaphragm. Okay.
1: Yes, please. Same from your big toe. You <laughs> your big to take to- shit. You <sighs> know, try to like caress the panties off. You want them to just snatch them off herself. You know. <laughs> Got to be vigilant.
0: Be and vigilant. The- of okay. the. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dealing with you. I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> Are you ready for culture pop, sir? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs>
1: or can't. the bunani, whatever you enjoy it doesn't matter. Okay, whatever you purchase.
0: Indeed, you know. bunani. <laughs> I've never. That's a new <laughs> one for me. <laughs> <laughs> the misfits know. I, I bet they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so last week since we didn't do a a normal right. Healing, so, mm-hmm. um, we kind of missed the finale post. We can still discuss that, though. Absolutely. This week, see the finale?
0: I did. I really enjoyed it. And I feel like you could clearly tell they weren't sure they were going to get a season two because it ended in a very, a very pretty, heartfelt bow, you know, um, one where if they didn't get a second season, everything was... Would... As a matter of fact, it... <laughs> It ended with such a bow that in my mind, I was like, well, well where do you go from here? <laughs> so, what you gonna do with Electra now? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be kind of hard for her to backtrack to being a bitch when she... <laughs> well, well, I guess not so much. Because even, even when she was where she was in the end, it still was a thing where she still had that mouth. So, yeah.
1: Going nowhere.
0: Right. <laughs> the The mouth will remain the same. I just feel like her tactics may change. Because I don't think she can go back to being as cutthroat as she was. Because what you saw, by the time the finale came along, she went through such a circle as far as the, what she went through as far as experiences, you know. Being as low as she possibly could go, that I don't really see her getting to a point where she feels like she has no choice but to be, you know, mm-hmm. negative and dirty again. And you you have the people who were under her, you know, the um, they her children who moved into that space of being the nastier ones now, you know. So I feel like I almost feel like with the second season, she's gonna have to find out exactly where she fits. You know, it's like mm-hmm. is, she, is she a grandmother now? <laughs> she's I grand- say that. <laughs> yes. I'm like she's grandma now.
1: <laughs> but no, that's very true. I saw a lot of people saying similar things though that like they felt like clearly once they weren't sure they would get one because it ended so nice. I'm like, but also maybe we're just a little a little um conditioned to feel like we need to be on the edge of our seats for a finale like I, all finales need a huge cliffhanger so i think Listen. the way he told the story you know what i'm saying and like it was like a year's time and so i think that it was a good job of course there's always in my mind the writer in me is like there's always plenty of places you can go still like because life is not over they're still alive and right. i did you know well, what like we can he, do
0: they they gave us ricky Leaving it to go on yeah. tour, you know. Yeah. Um so that's something that they can focus on in season two is that he'll be there. And um oh, I forgot the other one's name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who? Damon. Damon Damon, yeah. So Damien um, Damien, why don't I keep Damon will stay back to uh, mm-hmm. continue with school. So that's gonna be interesting to see how they navigate that because they weren't indie cell phones. So <laughs> it's not like y'all just gonna be constantly texting each other all day long. <laughs> I was thinking
1: about that um, too, like the episode where uh, Blanca stood the guy up or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, she can't really just give him a call and be like, you know, I'm not coming. Like, oh, really? You gotta run into you. Like the confrontation is real. Like, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of Blanca, I really loved her story. Um, <laughs> I really, and and if I'm being honest, another reason why it felt like it could have been a series finale to them is because. Hers really was a beautiful, well put together bow. <laughs> because honestly, it wasn't that I didn't want a happy ending for her, but I didn't need it for the for it to be that specific a happy ending. The whole goal was that she wanted to get to a certain place as a mother. For for me, I like to see growth. I like to see a journey. And I don't necessarily need the journey to be one season, you know? I would mm-hmm. like for it to especially if next season we're still gonna be focused on um house culture in balls, you know, I'd like for it to be something where maybe we go through, like, one of the things I loved about Grey's Anatomy is that it stayed in real time for so long when they were getting to the point where they were going from being um interns, well, no, when they went through the journey of being residents, Um it took a while for them to get to the point where they went beyond that, it was years, and I like when it's not like we're just gonna, I mean, Grey's Anatomy has played since around with maybe a year or two that they've jumped ahead, but for a long time, you were on a journey with them. Like, shoot, they're still there? Like, <laughs> they, they haven't gone to take their damn test yet? What's going on? So I was kind of looking at it from that point of view. Like, I didn't necessarily need to see her win being Mother of the Year just yet. I would have been perfectly fine if she would have lost because that's reality. You feel me? Mm. So the fact that she won already, I'm really, really in a place with some of these characters where I'm like, where do you go from here? with um with pray Tell and the relationship that he has now there are a lot of different avenues they have where they can go on with that you know um and mm-hmm. i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that so for, for certain characters you can clearly see an avenue they can drive down as far as where they're going to go with them next with others it's like when they get into that writer's room they're going to have to start getting imaginative because you've you've given them something that could have taken a good three or four seasons and you've given it to them all in one so yeah so, mm-hmm. what, so what are some of your thoughts
1: no, I really really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like it was a really just good season overall. I wasn't sure what to expect, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely enjoyed it um, week after week. It really is um, an emotional thing. I I really appreciated all of the nice bows um, that were given in the finale. I think I'm one of the few who was like I didn't feel like it felt like a finale finale. I was like, oh, that again, like. Other things you could do because life still goes on. Like you know, what I'm saying they might like, be battling with Candy and Lulu next season. Um, although I don't necessarily like the treatment of Candy's character. I'm like, she don't got to be embarrassed every week. Like we got to yeah. do that. Like I'm like, I don't. Okay, I, feel I get. Brainwave. Um, I don't. It would be interesting to see uh, Blanca navigate now having all these folks stay in her house now because it's like we really didn't ask for this. True. Like, True. Angel, need to find another sugar daddy and go stay with him because you yeah. take it up safe. <laughs> Electric, you know what I'm saying? You're not working as a hostess. I'm going to need you to get your own spot, please and thank you. Right. <laughs> this house is for the kids, so go somewhere, please. No, it's, um, that'd be interesting. Uh, I don't know. Like, even pray Tell, um, I'm happy with that. I don't want to say ending, but you know, like, the, the story that he has, but it doesn't mean that the two of them last. Absolutely. Not to say I want to break up, but well, you no, know no, but,
0: but that's true. That's a direction mean, to go in, yeah. yeah
1: so yeah um i definitely really enjoyed it i was having a uh conversation
0: Mm
1: -hmm. one of my friends um and so he was saying he couldn't particularly get into the show and so we were discussing exactly why or whatever and so he was saying he felt like um specifically that there was a focus more on trans women Mm -hmm. and also on gay men and that wasn't necessarily his experience with the ballroom culture okay and so me um because outside of Poe is really my main, um, not experience, but I guess just my knowledge, whatever of the culture itself is really just kind of Paris is burning. Right. So I was kind of see that because I was like it was mostly men at least in that. Yeah. So I didn't, I did expect it to myself to be more men, but I didn't. I'm not familiar with the world, so I can't say if it was inaccurate or not. If right. That makes any sense.
0: <clears throat> it it's not that I don't know that. I found that to be very weird that he said that wasn't his experience so he couldn't tap into it. I have been to balls, you know, and I've known several people who were in houses. With that being said, the large majority of them were not from the trans community, but yet Pose still spoke to me. So I found it, the argument he made isn't the first time I've heard someone say that. I, I know someone who actually said that they couldn't get into Pose. They refused to watch it. And once they mm-hmm. began to binge it, they were amazed because it was for the exact reasons he said. And they said they they began to watch it and they immediately saw themselves. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really, really confused about this whole thing of I can't get into pose because I'm not this or I'm not that. The the, the show is made for that exact reason. It was created. Well, for two reasons, one, so that people who are marginalized can see themselves but also so that people who are part of the majority can be able to see that you're not as different as you assume you are. So <clears throat> to to have other marginalized people looking and saying that they can't watch the show, it's peculiar to me because I'm like, well, what is the ballroom scene supposed to be to you? Are you supposed to watch it and only see a bunch of cis homosexual men? Like I'm I'm not I'm not understanding. Like what's Why wouldn't you just be looking forward to seeing a show with queer and trans people and that being that and then seeing stories that even if it doesn't speak to you, you're able to learn more about another part of our community. That's I don't know. That's I literally didn't have a second thought about watching Pose, even if I didn't see anyone who looked like me. I grew up seeing tons of shows with white people. They don't look like me. (laughs) Their experience isn't like mine. That didn't stop Mm -hmm. me from watching. So when I hear a queer man saying that he can't watch Pose, I'm like, but you've watched people who didn't look or act like you for years and you enjoyed those shows. So what stopped you from watching
1: Pose? Well, I think it wasn't necessarily because he couldn't watch trans people. I think it was just that wasn't his experience with the ballroom culture is what he was saying.
0: But, But my thing is, is that that's your experience. Mm-hmm. the ballroom scene existed long before you were alive so it's like just because it wasn't something that you experienced doesn't mean that this didn't happen and god knows how many cities that you weren't in so mm-hmm. like that's i don't know and this is no dis- disrespect to who the, the person you were conversing with but i'm like that was a very ego-driven statement like like this is so vast and so far beyond you that for you to say that you can't watch it because it wasn't your experience I have so many different directions I can go in with that statement. Like, what? I see. <laughs> yeah. it spinning, I can tell. So, listen, I could write a whole piece on it. Like, that like that is that is that is mind-boggling to me. But, yeah, so I, I hope they do get to a point, if they haven't already, where they're able to watch it. I hope they, they allow
1: themselves. They, oh, they still haven't? i don't think it's gonna happen though no. i don't think it's going to no well, bless i mean i think they tried to watch it. i don't i didn't ask um how far they got into it i know they just say they they did watch at least some of it right um so but i don't think they're going to return to the show
0: okay are they are they like 40 years old
1: you know they're in their 30s
0: interesting okay so so yes, okay. So <laughs> it was a it was a, a great show. I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm looking forward to season I can't. two. <laughs> I
1: can't so we're gonna move right along because we don't know we don't know what to say. <laughs> Listen. So um Kenya Barris uh uh-huh. apparently is out of his uh, deal with ABC um studios. Yeah. Apparently, it was a four-year deal. He's out of the deal three years early. Wow. So the speculation is that he's leaving the deal or has left the deal because they wouldn't air, you know, the kneeling episode that he tries to do blackish, that there's been other conflicts possibly that we haven't heard of, um, that, um, none of his other projects in development have gotten picked up yet. Right. So the speculation is that he's going to Netflix, but... The Netflix deal is not official, so nobody knows what his next move is officially yet. Right. Um, he will still serve as executive producer on Blackish and Grownish, but he won't showrun any- either of those shows anymore. Gotcha. you. How
0: do you feel well, about that? Well, on one hand, it's very much like Shonda, like she has shows that won't be leaving ABC, but she herself is going to Netflix. You know, mm-hmm. um, different reasons, of course. But I. When you first shared it with me, I was thinking to myself, wow, like, I, I really need for them to stop l- losing all of these black people. <laughs> like, I look at ABC, and I'm like, one of the things we've been celebrating about them lately is how diverse the network was, you know? Um, you're able to see people from the Asian community, from the uh, Latino community, African American community, and it's like, slowly but surely, it's kind of chipping away, and I'm like, the last thing I wanted to do... Uh- Again, those shows are still there, you know, so the representation is still there, but it's like the people who are, who created them and are behind them are slowly beginning to go away. After it gets to the point where those shows are no longer on, we have to pray that other people are coming up behind them who will then become a part of this network. Because one of the arguments I've been making lately to people is that I don't think that the amazing renaissance we had in the early 90s. I don't think that we're going to be in that position again where it all suddenly fades away and everything whites out for a decade or more. You know? I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like we're in a space now where the generations that are coming up aren't going to let us fade away again. So I, I do believe we're going to constantly be visible on all networks. But that means that we have to have people who are constantly coming up for, for all of the people who are a little older and step away and decide to do different things, we need people to come up behind them and be like, okay, well, it's our turn now. Now it's time for us to show and shine. So, you know, I'm looking at people like Yara and hoping that, okay, so she's a part of Gronish. and may get to a point where she's getting older, she takes over and she goes behind the scenes and does some things, you know? So it's like, okay, this show or at least some iteration of it can continue so that our faces can still be here, you know? So that's what I'm hoping. I completely respect his reasoning for leaving. I just don't want it to get to a point where the representation isn't there anymore. Because it's necessary. It's very necessary. How about you? How do you feel?
1: Um, I think I need to know from him exactly why he's leaving before I know exactly how I feel. Because mm-hmm. I don't understand. I think I'm just very... I'm not... Normally when I hear about like these Hollywood moves, I'm just kind of like, why are we leaving this big lucrative deal to go what is what is what was promised next or what is he's very unstable he got a lot of kids you know i'm just i i'm I'm, i don't trust the person he left in charge of blackish i just a lot of iffy things for me i mean i do want him to succeed like you said i do want there to be continued representation on the network i do want him to go bring um any of those netflix or FX where he ends up, I know he'll be bring by people to those networks or those platforms also. Right. I just want to know what the next move is, and I want to know exactly why we left. Right. <laughs> I just have some questions, some questions. that I probably never get answered, <laughs> or no time soon. <laughs> but I just, I would, you know, like to know these things. Indeed. <laughs> I also too, I didn't realize that people could get out of their deals um earlier. I guess because it's so unheard of. When you
0: told me so, that, I was like, surprised. I was like, "That's a thing." Oh.
1: Right? now I was like, hey, you have three years left. So how did what did you do? Listen.
0: <laughs> he, he clearly must have come to ABC at a point where they were like, we really need a black show. <laughs> a black comedy, excuse me. And he's like, okay, so here here are my conditions. And they're like, if the show does well, he's not going anywhere. So they probably just gave him what he wanted and then gagged. <laughs> or maybe the stipulation was you can go, but your show can't. That could have been what it was you know you you yourself can go and you can pursue other things but your show has to stay and we'll have other people behind it i just didn't even
1: realize that i because i'm like because even okay black is going into it like his fifth season this year Mm. but his deal only started a year ago so i'm like what are we doing (laughs) (laughs) like and why are we going somewhere but okay yeah i I guess (laughs) i guess So that was, those were our, a little bit of our lighter topics. we kind of starting to get to the serious side of things. Still culture of pop. Right. A bit more... Leaning serious. toward
0: what the, the topic of... of yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, uh, Michelle Williams of Destiny Child Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two. So no, let me stop. <laughs> so she, uh, about two weeks ago, checked herself into a mental health uh, treatment facility or yes. a center. And, um there was outpouring, I guess, of like love and support.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, she posted, I think not initially when she went in, but shortly after maybe just saying, you know, she went in to kind of, you know, take care of herself to do better. Um, Something she struggled with. So she was like 13 or 15, um, over 20 years um, at this point. And so I, I think, when celebrities are open about their struggles, whatever the struggles are, yeah. it definitely helps to humanize or make people to relate to things in their own personal lives. Yeah. Um. But it also too, it kind of reminds you that celebrities are still human. Absolutely. And so, particularly Michelle, you know, gets a lot of the whole poor Michelle stuff. Even still, right. A lot of like black, um, and different things, and it's like, of course, if she's been this for twenty years, that stuff didn't that doesn't cause that. Mm-hmm. But you wonder how much fans or people on social media do whatever play into or can add to someone's struggles.
0: Right. I, um, oh, Lord knows they, they really can't add to um, <laughs> the danger of social media. I'm I'm proud of her, you know, uh, in doing my research. I was reading some of what she had to say as far as her statement, and she was like, you know, she she didn't have plans to come out, you know, and let everybody know about this, but now that she has, she feels like she needs to become a voice. When it comes to battling against mental illness, you know, I'm um, in the journey that goes along with that. And I was proud of her for that. I, I also think that it's unfortunate that we still live in a world where thankfully we're having more and more people come forward and taking the stigma and shame away from it. But we still have people who are making light of it. And we're, I am, everyone knows I've talked about it on the podcast. I'm an equal opportunity offender. So I'm all for, you know, like shows where they're making fun of everybody and I'm okay with that, you know, but my, my thing is, is <clears throat> there are certain places where I draw the line. I can be honest about that. When it comes to mental health, it's a place where I draw the line, mostly because there are far too many people who don't know that it's something they're battling. So it's something they're literally dealing with day in and day out and they don't even know what's happening to them. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, it would be different if we existed in a world where the vast majority of us were aware and we were handling it in a healthy way, but that is not the reality of where we are, you know? So making Mm -hmm. light of something like that, especially when it's mental, the things that you can end up doing to a person when we're not in a place yet where we can properly heal on a day-to-day basis, I'm not for it, you know? So I think that it's unfortunate that there have been jokes and comments that have been made about her already. And you and I and our misfits are very aware of the career that she's had and the way that people have treated her because of who she's been, you know. So, mm-hmm. I'm like as you were just saying, as far as what social media can do, we can only imagine the things that have been. Because I mean, we can only sit here and assume all the things that have come at people, you know, people adding her and things of that nature. But we haven't seen all the comments; only she yeah. has or those close to her, you know. So yeah. I um I want to say kudos. Kudos for the fact that that once it became something that was out there and she couldn't take it back, that she's stepping into it and she's speaking up and speaking out because I really do think that she's going to help a lot of people. And for for all we know, for all these years, all of these people who have joked her and made her feel like she was less than, this could have been her calling all along. This could be where she was meant to be speaking on this. You feel me? So So at the end of the day where everyone feels like she's not worthy... She actually is beyond it. She's beyond worthy. And, you know, for for those who are Christian, for those who believe in God, he sent her on this journey. He, she, put her in this place so that this is what she could walk in. This is her testimony. This is where she's going to help and heal most people, you know? So in the end, she has the victory. (laughs) You're funny.
1: (laughs) Reach on this thing. Yes. <laughs> know what to say to that. Give my ties out of my wallet. Come on. <laughs> but no. Um I feel like I had more of and then I forgot it being foolish. <laughs> but no, I definitely am though just happy that she's um getting the help that she needs. And um even if she's not, because she doesn't have to be open with the fans of the public, but it's just at least also open with the people around her, so that yeah. they know, you know, what's going on. They're able to help and assist in whatever ways that they can that she allows them to. Absolutely, so I am at least happy um, about that.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, um, finally, we have uh, Demi Lovato,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, um, do you say suffered? I should have actually beforehand.
0: Well, well, I I say that she uh, people battle, battle, okay. yeah. No, I'll let you well, finish. I, I, okay, okay. so I was going.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So, <laughs> so D- Demi Lovato checked herself into um, a rehab facility, and it was mm-hmm. because she ended up uh, relapsing. Uh, she had uh, overdosed, and there's a uh, a lengthy history behind Demi Lovato, Demi Lovato and what it is she's experienced. Uh, she is very well known for speaking out about uh, her eating disorder that she had and what she's battled for some years, as well as her bipolar disorder. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: she's spoken out about that as well. She's been extremely transparent about her journey, you know, when it's, when it's come to a number of things in the way that she hasn't shown up for herself and then has attempted to show up better for herself. So she went into rehab, but it wasn't the very first time. Her first time going into rehab actually was in 2010. And so, she was uh, sober for six years, and then she ended up relapsing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, as you and I were talking about offline, that ended up going into a song that she made uh, recently called Sober, where mm-hmm. she was uh, apologizing to everyone and telling a story of how she ended up relapsing, you know? Um, so, she, she did what I always say I believe artists are supposed to do. She speaks and tells her story through her art. And so, you know, she used that as a way of being able to speak to people because, of course, art like that lasts long, long after the person's gone. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like I'm saying I'm a lot, you know, that annoys me. So (laughs) I am. um, Damn, I did it again. (laughs) I'm 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 proud of her, but I also pray for her. Mm -hmm. I, I pray for her because many of us will never know what that specific battle looks and feels like. And mm-hmm. way too many of us are very aware of what that battle looks and feels like. So I'm I'm sending love and light to her on this journey. And this is the reason why I felt it's so important to talk about bipolar disorder, you know. Mm-hmm. And she is a person of color, you know, who is, who is going through that right now. And, excuse me, as we uh, bring minority mental health month to a close i think it's it's really really important for us to understand that we are in a special and very unique place right now where finally finally we're getting to a point where the vast majority of us are no longer afraid in communities of color to speak up Mm -hmm. and out against this because we can we can only imagine what it is that she has endured where she felt like she may have not been able to speak up And a lot of times me being someone who battled depression when I was younger, I mean, at a much deeper level than now as a, as a, you know, in my thirties, when I was younger, the way that I felt was that I didn't really want to reach out to people. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was a a battle of my own and that I could deal with it, you know? And in past episodes of the podcast, when I told you that it showed back up again in my thirties, you know, when I moved here to Atlanta, I wasn't even familiar with it anymore. Because it had been so long since I truly battled with it. That I'm sitting back watching television, not wanting to do anything, eating lots of food, not really caring to talk to people. And it didn't even, it was just me feeling like, okay, I'm just resting. I feel some kind of way because I don't have a job, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't realize it was depression. And it took me a minute, you know? So I'm sitting here looking at her and I'm like, how many, with the journey that she's gone on. How, how how did she know at certain points just how bad it was? Because she's gotten to some really, really dark places. So in places where people probably feel like it's everyday feelings, for her, it was much deeper, you know? <clears throat> so I, I sit here, I sit here praying for her and sending her love and light because when you relapse, that's a bitch. I say that as the son of an addict, you know? Uh, someone who is 22 years sober. And I can only imagine if he was to fall back one time, what that could do to him. So that's the reason why I feel for her because you are at a place where you tell yourself I'm constantly battling. That's the reason why they say you are an addict. You, you are an addict. It never gets to the point where you're not. You're a recovering addict, but you're always an addict. So you're you're living every single day hoping and praying that you don't fall back. So that's a fear that I've had for my dad is that I pray that there's never a point where he falls off once because if you can have one time, you may never make it back again. So she falls off after six years and I can't even fathom what it must have felt like for her spiritually, emotionally to feel like she was winning and to have it all taken away, you know? And, And that's where we begin those conversations of showing up for people in a way of even if I've never experienced it. I want to do my best to understand what it is that you're going through instead of it being judgment, instead of it calling somebody weak, you know, or, or questioning the reason why they couldn't hold on. We're not in another person's shoes. What it is that they're going through, you may never understand, but we have to create space for them, you know? And that's why I'm really happy that there was a hashtag that was started. Uh, The hashtag was how Demi has helped me where people on Twitter were telling stories about how, you know, her speaking out and her songs and all of these things have helped them to heal, have helped them from wanting to hurt themselves and commit suicide. You know, her songs and her, her light and her willingness to speak up about her truth had literally saved other people's lives. And that's, what's necessary. It's necessary for people who are battling, which is all of us, you know, all of us in some way, shape or form are battling for us to know that we are making a difference somewhere in the world you know cuz for many of us that's all we want to do is just make a difference that's all we want to do is know that we were seen you know as Beyonce said that we were here you know <laughs> that that we we have a legacy that will live beyond us you know it's it's a wonderful thing to um to to know that we were there was a purpose for us being here that we didn't just go through life that we flowed through life you know that we were here and that we made a statement so i pray that she was able to see a lot of those sweets and she was able to see that she, she is making a difference. And I don't, mm, well, I, of course, with these interviews, we'll, 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 get deeper into it so that the misfits can be able to hear stories from people who are on the exact same journey that she's on. But, but yeah, I pray for that sister. I do.
1: You just be preaching. What is that <laughs> left to say? But no, <laughs> um, I agree with everything you said. Um, I do, again, I think that it's good when celebrities come forward. And I think with her, um, while she's still a singer, she's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, that relates to... And like you said, because she's been open and transparent the whole time. So it shows that it mental illness or addiction, whatever you're struggling with, is co- a constant battle. It's a constant struggle. It's something that, Sally there are ebbs and flows and highs and lows. And, you know, you just kind of try to do better or try to stay better or in a good place daily right and some days of course are better than others and you know you might have stretches where you're very good and then sometimes you unfortunately you do relapse or sometimes you do have a not so good day i think the um cause what i've heard about addiction at least is that sadly it's not necessarily a if it comes back but it's a win mm-hmm. i do hope more often than not that's the case that it doesn't but because it is something that's daily it's, it's part of you. It's, you know what I'm saying? So it's your, your daily struggle.
0: Yeah.
1: And so because of that, it's something you have to always battle and always deal with. And so some people, you know, like, cause we all have our things that we deal with, but Absolutely. some might be as small as, you know, not getting up or at work on, work on time. Right. And so think about though, but how that's something you struggle with every day. This, these are things people struggle with daily. It just has a greater impact on the, the rest of their life. Right. Or the, their whole life kind of a thing. Um, I also think that... Where was I going? Was this my I think that, too, with mental illness, um, like depression, for example, or anything else, really, there are a lot of small signs or things that we don't necessarily notice. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, oh, I'm just having a bad day, or I'm just off, or I'm not feeling well. And you don't really... You fall into habits, or fall into complacency, or fall into things... Things get worse before they get better, before you realize that you're in the midst of something. Right. And I think that that can happen, too, with addiction. Um, a lot of people you hear stories where it started out recreationally. And it's like, oh, wait, now I'm dependent on this thing, whatever oh, yeah. this thing. So I think that we just all have to do better with paying attention to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But also, um, like, with holding ourselves accountable, but trying to... When people ask, you know, how are we, or how are you doing? Really be honest and truthful with them, no matter what the issue is, or no matter what the day is, or what you're going through. Like, you really have to... Like I always saying, you have to see people you have to hear them.
0: Absolutely. And
1: so it means that the person being asked has to hear the question and receive it sincerely. Absolutely. And they also have to answer, And again, get a sincere listen for their response. I was um, about to
0: say, on on the flip side, and this is, listen, listen, stop asking how somebody's doing just because it's the default thing to say. Mm-hmm. Don't say it, you know? My thing is, is it say, how are you doing when you want a genuine answer back? I, that, that annoys me about people. Don't say how you're doing and then when somebody actually begins to say it to you, you get mad because you felt like you could just walk away or you could get off
1: the phone. <laughs>
0: it's like, no, bitch, I'm going to tell you now how I'm doing. Like
1: Exactly. Or you, or you don't know how to respond. They're like, oh, I'm having a bad day. Right. Wait, right. I, didn't, I didn't call you for that. Okay, wait. Now I got to recalibrate. Laugh. <laughs> just literally, well, what's wrong? <laughs> like, right, Right. Why are you having a bad day?
0: Listen, Listen. They're not I asking you I to help. Now.
1: Right, <laughs>
0: right. They're not asking you for the world. It's like, listen, I'm having a bad day. Like,
1: at all, at all. So I think again, like I've said before, though, everybody just has to do a better job of showing up for themselves and then also showing up for others. Right. I know it's a hard to show for others when you have your own stuff going on, but we all also want people to show up for us. So yeah. Have to be able to do the same for them. Yeah. Like it has to be reciprocal all around. Um, I am. It, it definitely um, sucks, and I'm sad that they're, you know, Michelle and Demi are going through these things. Yeah. But again, I hope that their public struggles or their honesty will help other people who are dealing, you know, privately or people Absolutely. who aren't famous or whatever.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Indeed, indeed. All right.
1: So next, the good news. Yeah. The pop of culture. Look at me, culture pop. Right. I'm pop. <laughs> Give it all the names. All the names. All of right. them. <laughs> I said it and I was like, wait, that definitely was not good
0: news. <laughs> okay, so we're going to flow forward. And when we come back, we'll talk to you guys about some good news. So in discussing bipolar disorder, it's important to understand that it's not a cut and dry topic. One of the most important things to know is that mental health journeys don't show up the same in everyone. However, that becomes a far longer discussion, as we'll need to discuss other forms of depression and disorders, including cyclothymia, Cushing's disease, and more. We'll get to those another time. For now, let's stick with understanding bipolar 1 and 2. Let me also say that for any reason you think this may sound like something you're experiencing, seek help. Therapy isn't a bad word. Thankfully, the stigma is slowly being chipped away. I want to provide everyone with two numbers. The first is the National Institute of Mental Health Information Resource Center. That number is 866-615-6464. The second is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 800-273-8255. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Seek help and advocate for yourself. Now, let's begin with bipolar 2. With bipolar 2, you'll find what's called hypomania. Hypomania can be seen as a lighter version of mania. It's characterized by persistent inhibition. It differs from mania in that there is no significant functional impairments. On this level, you'll experience fast speech, Agitation, racing thoughts and increased sex drive, impulsive behaviors like shopping sprees, trouble sleeping but not feeling tired, drug abuse, a high euphoric mood, difficulty concentrating, and much more. When existing within hypomania, you'll notice that you're very happy, productive, and confident. It may be quite hard to pinpoint the journey you're on as you may not even be aware that it's taking place. This is, why some, this is why some argue that hypomania isn't the best feeling. While some consider it fun, others feel as though they're not in control of themselves and experience regret on the other side of the episode. Then there's bipolar 1. This is a more dangerous one. When experiencing this form of mania, things get darker, the euphoria fades, and things shift drastically. In this state, psychotic breaks may arise. While the depressive states can look similar between 1 and two, one is more severe. You must have had at least one manic episode and one major depressive episode to be diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder. The depressive episode must have occurred either before or after the manic episode. The systems of this manic episode may be so severe that hospital care may be needed. So again, if any of this sounds familiar to you, we ask that you seek help. Or if it's someone you know, find a way to get to them and get them the help that they need. Share this information and the numbers that we've shared above. I'll share those numbers again for you. For the National Institute of Mental Health Information Resource Center, it's 866-615-6464. For the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, that's 800-273-8255. This is a battle that we almost fight together. And it's a day-by-day battle to dismantle this stigma. Remember, you are not alone. And now it is time for good news and you you you're ready with your good news i was like okay you better have it for for the first time you knew yours before i did come on do we
1: ask you for that extra commentary you could just said i have mine i need the we need the extra
0: listen i always give um, what's needed thanks
1: what's that needed who was that who needed that you yeah
0: listen you were on time so, we need to celebrate that. You're on time. We did good news. Actually, you were ahead. Come on now. Show up and show out.
1: To be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late.
0: <sighs> even your face looked like you were Jennifer Lewis just now. Get off. <laughs> your face even <laughs> came. <laughs> did, did I say it like Jennifer? You Jennifer did. Lewis, I didn't. You did.
1: Uh-oh.
0: All it of was your no body was just taking over. <laughs>
1: I think maybe because it's the bipolar episode, maybe her spirit is just with me.
0: I, I don't know if if that will be taken offensively or not. So <laughs>
1: offensively, so it shouldn't be. I hope not. I said out of love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I apologize if it was offensive.
0: <laughs> so what is your good news, good sir?
1: My good news? <laughs> <laughs> their face because <laughs> i saw your face
0: they can't see <laughs> yours.
1: <laughs> my good news is that me and a couple friends joseph and thomas
0: mm-hmm. oh, we started
1: right and so so we kind of hold each other accountable when your voice
0: t- kind of went low when you said
1: what y'all doing together sorry we started a writer's group with each other so yes we each week and hold each other accountable and uh do different you know things help each other you know Cause we're all like, you know, every year since opportunities and stuff comes around, but it's like, yeah, we still don't have anything. Mm-hmm. So to make sure we have stuff done and completed, we've started one with each other.
0: Yes. So, Come on, writers group. That's what I'm talking about. What's your name? What's your name? I no name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wasn't. I just want to see what your response was going to
1: be. <laughs> How about that? Who? These three niggas, how about that? I
0: bet, I bet. Donye would love y'all for that name.
1: <laughs> we would love him in return. So there you go. Mm-hmm.
0: What's happening with your, all this? You're giving so much. <laughs> if y'all could see <laughs> him. Everything he says, his head is moving. Everything. Just a swing and a swing all over the place.
1: <laughs> what is your good news, sir?
0: I don't have none. <laughs> For the very first time in the history of this podcast, listen, listen. My good news is my life. How about that? Ah, hey. <laughs> what happened? Did we wake you up this morning? Come on, listen. listen. Okay. listen, on. listen. I'm I'm tiptoeing cautiously right now because my life is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am in a place right now where I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm 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 McDeath. Otherwise known as McDonald's. I'm living my best life and I'm loving it. Uh, I have a dream job. I am navigating friendship in a way that I haven't in a very long time. I am thankful for everybody who is showing up for me as I show up for them. I am doing my best to weed out all of those who don't stand stand up and stand with me. And vice versa, me for them. Listen. I'm doing my best to cultivate better relationships with my parents, you know? Come on now. I am constantly flowing in yoga. All week long teaching. And showing up for myself on the mat as well. Listen. Best possible life right now. It's gonna get better. It's going to get better. But right now, this is a... Listen.
1: The good news
0: is I have a good life.
1: Come on. (laughs) Yeah! Mm -hmm. yeah
0: (laughs) listen that signature I hope you know that signature BHW that signature BHW we're going to call out anybody who tries to do that (laughs) that is all you all day
1: (laughs) all all everybody has their go to I do it without even thinking half the time. So
0: I want for our misfits to start doing it when they finally get to the point they can meet us in person. <laughs> yes, when we have events and they come up in. Listen, <laughs>
1: let's hear it. Let's hear. It. Let me hear you do it. No, no. hear <laughs> you do it. The misfits want to hear you. Go ahead. Come on. No. Gotta <laughs> bring you
0: in. <laughs> you gotta bring me in. <laughs> you can't expect it. I gotta catch you off guard with it. I'm going to catch you off guard when you least expect it. I'm going to just say it out of nowhere. <laughs> I got to make sure my base real deep with it, too. Real deep. So base your face? I said oh, my the
1: base? base. Oh, yeah, okay. My faith. My face is real
0: strong when I do you. <laughs>
1: I can't. Anyway. <laughs> I, I believe the uglier face, the better to know
0: so, you guys can walk with us all over social media. <laughs> you can walk with the podcast at THS Podcast on Instagram and underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. You can walk with me all over social media at Scorpiyogi. Yogi. That's S C O R P I Y O G I. And uh, yeah, I'm open to uh, teach yoga to teach meditation, to teach Reiki, you know, all of that. We can get our healing on. And healing can be done from a distance. So don't think that just because you're not in Atlanta, you can't get healed. We can do everything through uh, Sensei Raven. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, we can work this out. So if they want to walk with you, your face, listen, I'm not dealing I'm turning away from you. I'm not looking at the screen. If people want to walk with you, BHW,
1: how can they do that? You can't. No, <laughs> you can walk with me on Twitter and on Instagram. and Just call me Otis.
0: <laughs> you can you can yeah. also listen to the podcast everywhere. Like we're, uh, you can go to our official website, which is ths Also, we're on SoundCloud. We're on Apple. Uh, what is it? Apple Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Jesus Google Play. <laughs> I can't. Did you say Overcast? No, I didn't. Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Catch all of our lives on our YouTube channel, which is Revolution LLC. We're really silly today. (laughs) All you. So, uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy Not only this episode, but each of the episodes that we're going to have posted with this, which are all the different interviews that we had for this very important conversation. Uh, Thank you for being with us throughout the month of July as we put awareness on Minority Mental Health Month. And yeah, we're going to see you guys in uh, August. And we're about to have some fun as we close out the summer. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> what you're silly are you
0: about to fall out <laughs> laughing you know what we're gone. <laughs> we're gone he's just being silly for no reason we love you guys so much and until next time namaste <laughs>